<laughs> so my apologies to any of you that are Native American this morning for that terrible Hollywood depiction of Native American culture. But here's the point this morning. You might be surprised to know that even the Lone Ranger wasn't alone. Does that surprise anybody? Even the Lone Ranger wasn't alone. He's called the Lone Ranger because he was the last ranger. But even he needed a sidekick. Even he needed a team. The Lone Ranger wasn't even alone. So I want to ask us this question this morning. Why do we succumb to the temptation to go it alone? I don't know about you, but in my experience, I I, I argue with myself sometimes about asking somebody to help me or to come alongside and become a team with me. Uh, Things like this go through my head. It's easier to do it myself than to teach somebody else how to do it. Anybody else ever think that way? Easier to do it yourself. Or we think, if I don't do it myself, it's not going to be done correctly. Or sometimes we think, I'm the only one who knows how to do it. And so we go it alone. And that can be a big temptation for us. Another question that I want to ask is this. Why do we let our spiritual leaders go it alone? Why don't we come alongside spiritual leaders and we just let them do everything? Uh, Some of you might think you're really not qualified to minister. Or you might think that you're not spiritual enough to be a part of a ministry team. Or I hear this one all the time. I just don't feel called to that ministry. Sometimes we just spiritualize it really (laughs) in in a major way. I, I just don't feel called. Well, I want to remind you this morning that even the Lone Ranger wasn't alone. And neither should you be alone. And neither should our spiritual leaders be alone. And we're going to see this illustrated in the life of Jesus this morning. And I want to take you today to the book of Mark, uh, the gospel in the New Testament. We're going to start in chapter 6. If you want to turn in your Bibles, you're welcome to do that. All of these verses will be up on the screen as well. And we're going to see uh, how Jesus used teams to fuel the multiplication process. Mark chapter 6, I'm going to pick up in verse 6, if you want to follow along with me here. Here's what we read. Then Jesus went from village to village, teaching the people. And he called his 12 disciples together. Hang on to that, 12 disciples. He called his 12 disciples together, and he began sending them out two by Two. Just remember that as well. We're going to be talking about these, these groups. And he gave them authority to cast out evil spirits. He told them to take nothing for their journey except a walking stick, no food, no traveler's bag, no money. He allowed them to wear sandals. Gosh, that was generous of Jesus. <laughs> but don't take a change of clothes. And I was kind of thinking of using this verse next time I go on a trip with my wife, because she packs a lot of stuff. But I I don't know how that's going to go. And then here's his instructions, verse 10. Wherever you go, Jesus said, stay in the same house until you leave town. But if any place refuses to welcome you or listen to you, shake its dust from your feet as you leave to show that you have abandoned those people to their fate. So the disciples went out, telling everyone they met to repent of their sins and turned to God. And they cast out many demons and healed many sick people, anointing them with olive oil. 
Then we're going to jump down to verse 30 if you're following in your Bible. Later on we read this. The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. And Jesus said, now let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Now here's what I want you to know today. More than anything else, I want you to see this. Jesus was a team player. Jesus was a team player player. And this is fascinating to me as we read this story here to see that Jesus wasn't out just doing all the work of the ministry. He had a group of disciples around him, 12 of them. And actually we know from other places in the gospels that there were even larger groups of disciples, 70 and 120 that are talked about in other places. But these 12 were the ones that he was really investing in. And when he sent them out, he sent them out in teams of two. And Jesus believed in the power of team. And this is one of the reasons why at Connect Church, we're so passionate about teamwork. And uh, if you're from the business world or if you've worked in any kind of, of organization that utilizes teams, you're probably familiar with the acronym uh, of team that, that says, Together Everyone Achieves More. And that's pretty common in the business world. Together, everyone achieves more. But today, we want to take that acronym, and we're going to change it up a little bit to fit what we read here in the Gospels. But we're going to use that acronym, T-E-A-M, to see how Jesus modeled team. And here's the team. If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. Jesus modeled team by T, two-by-two tasks. Two-by-two tasks. When Jesus was ready to deploy his disciples to go out and minister in the same way he did, did you read they were healing sick people, they were casting out demons, all the same kinds of things that Jesus did? He sent them out in teams. He didn't send them out alone. They went out two by two. And here at Connect Church, this is, this is how we see team working. We believe that nobody should minister alone. Nobody should minister alone. And so we're always trying to develop teams instead of just having one person do all of the work. That's what we're doing. And I just realized that I'm totally being a a teaching hog by not giving Bob the opportunity to teach the part that we agreed he would teach. I just plowed (laughs) right on through it. But you see, I just followed your lead. I I didn't know where we were headed. Because you're a great team player. So I was just being a team player and just going for it. So like Russ said, two by two tasks, right, Russ? There you go. Take that's it from exactly, here, Bob. That's number one. <laughs> and, and I remember uh, when I first became part of the leadership team here at Connect, and, and you remember this, for so many years, you were a part of, of pastoral teams that when the senior pastor was preaching or you as the associate would preach from time to time on Sunday... You would do all the research yourself. You would develop the outline yourself. You would do everything yourself. You'd, you'd cancel appointments on like Thursdays or whatever so that you could stay and get ready for Sunday. And then you would come Sunday morning and you'd, you'd teach or preach the message and then that was it. But when I joined the team, Russ had a little different philosophy. He had been working with a, another individual for a measure of time. I don't remember mm-hmm. how long, but Russ was really passionate about 
collaborating and working together in a team. And I thought that was fascinating. So I joined the team and there was three of us at the time and, and we, were, we were sitting down and Russ would kind of forecast the series and maybe talk about the outline for each week and he'd ask input from everybody else that was on the team. There was two of us, like I said. And then he would maybe farm out one week's outline to one of us to kind of develop. And then we'd all come together, and we still do. Every Tuesday, we come together as a team, talk about the outline, uh, scratch things off, add things, say, well, we should focus on this, maybe not on that. And it's a real collaborative effort. And I know you've said more than once that together we achieve more, kind of like, you know, that... that, uh, that was from, uh, Jeff Nichols brought that in because he was working for Snap-on for so long and in the business community. But it's really true that together we do achieve more with the collaborative and, effort. And we absolutely do. And, and you, you were talking this week about this collaborative process for sure. our teaching on Sundays. Right. We've been really blessed in Bozeman. Uh, somebody joined the Bozeman campus, and she is a university professor, teaches speech on the right. university level, mm-hmm. and she's become a part of our teaching team, and so she's coaching us on how to teach better, how to, how to do public speaking better, mm-hmm. and, and I just see our, our, our messages getting better and better mm-hmm. and better because of the collaboration yeah, process. Yeah. And so now we have like four of us that meet on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and then those two, so I mean, it's more than two by two, but you get the idea, right? We started out, and we're a team now together, making it better for our teaching on Sundays. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's good. So that's number one, two by two tasks. Nobody so, ministers alone. Nobody ministers alone. Thank you. So now E stands for equipped by experience, equipped by experience. And, and if you think back on Jesus, and, and maybe you don't know, but if you look at the gospel accounts, you see what Jesus did is, and we read a little bit, of, is that he sent them out, but he equipped them by experience. It's not like he took them to a university for about six months or a year or two years, and they got a degree, and then they went out and ministered. No, that's not what Jesus did. Jesus found people that were passionate about his message and what was happening around them, and then he just sent them out, like we read, two by two. If we read Mark 6.30 again, it says, the apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told them everything that they had done and taught. So he sent them out two by two, and now he came back, and he was listening and basically debriefing their experience. And what the disciples probably talked to Jesus about, I'm speculating here now, but I'm sure there was a little bit of a dialogue. And if you've ever been in a feedback session to where or a debriefing, You talk about your experience and then whoever your leader is or the person that's mentoring you will kind of bounce ideas back and forth. Well, that was a great idea, but have you thought of this? Or, wow, you guys did a really good job there, but but what about that? So I'm sure what Jesus did is kind of tweaked them a little bit through the feedback session back and forth. And then what what I think is just really interesting is that Jesus also gave them the freedom to make mistakes. I don't know if you thought about that before. But Jesus gave them the freedom to make mistakes. And if we go to Mark chapter 9, which is a few chapters later than what we've just read, I just want to read a couple verses. Mark 9, 17 and 18 says, One of the men in the crowd, now they were out ministering, the disciples were, spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son 
so you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. Now remember, Jesus gave the disciples authority to cast out evil spirits. We read that back in chapter six, right? And so it says, and whenever the spirit seizes him, it throws him violently on the ground and he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they could not do it. Well, that's kind of strange because I thought Jesus gave them the power to cast out evil spirits three chapters before that. So I'm sure at this point in time, if we put ourselves in the father's position, he was hearing about Jesus and about his entourage that were doing these great things, healing people and stuff. And if you read more of the story, this son had the seizures for a very, very, very long time. So he was probably very hopeful that the disciples could help cast out the evil spirit that was in his son. But he brought him to the disciples and they couldn't do it. I bet he was very discouraged at Mm -hmm. that point in time. You know, I mean, can you think about that? All this hope and then bam, the disciples couldn't do anything. But Jesus had a conversation with the father because Jesus was on the scene then because he was speaking to Jesus at the time. And Jesus went through this conversation and I'm not going to read the conversation, but you can read it in your Bibles. But it it comes down to the, the point that then Jesus cast out the evil spirit from the boy. And what did Jesus do after that whole situation was done? He took care of it, right? And Jesus went then after that and he coached the disciples. Remember, we're talking about equipped by experience, So Jesus isn't going to let this experience just go away, right? He is going to coach them through this. And if we move down to Mark chapter 9, verse 28 and 29, it says this. After Jesus had gone into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus answered, this kind cannot come out except by prayer. And then some manuscripts add fasting by prayer and fasting. So here is a teachable moment and Jesus knew what was going to happen and he let the disciples experience this, you know, what they would see as a failure, but Jesus saw as a teaching moment. And so they made a mistake. They didn't quite know exactly what to do. So they did what they knew how to do. And then Jesus came in, corrected the situation, and then now taught them through experience, through their mistake kind of of what happened. And so how this looks at Connect for us is that we empower people to minister sometimes before they're ready. And I have a couple of things that just flooded my mind now. I remember back when Jean and I first got involved in young adults (laughs) and Jean didn't want to pray in front of people or pray out loud, but Russ forced her to do that. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) Yes, you did. (laughs) Jean, you're going to pray. But Russ, I just, uh, Jean, you're praying today at the end. It's okay, I'm going to pray. And so Jean was thrown out there, you know, and she learned by experience how to pray out loud for a group of people. And here at Connect, we do the same thing. And and when when I think of this about being fully equipped and prepared, I think of the recent addition to the team of Ashley Dore. Now, Ashley's back in in the children's uh, ministry department, but she, you know, we had a need for somebody to step up and she just really felt compelled to be involved and like, well, I can probably lead the children's ministry team. And we all rallied around her. And I know Ricky had a lot of experience in children's ministry and he's come alongside of her now for the last couple months helping her. But she, Ashley, has flourished in the children's ministry as being the leader of a team. 
And so she wasn't fully qualified, but we put her in that position because she had a heart for kids. She had a passion for Jesus and she was teachable. And she was like, well, whatever I can do, let's do it together, right? And so she's developing a team around her, and she's had Ricky and myself to kind of mentor her through the process. And that's what we see Jesus doing here in this situation as well. And so uh, I don't know, is there, is there things that you can think of down in Bozeman that might correlate here? Yeah, we, we've just recently had a really cool, a really cool experience in Bozeman, uh, we had a, we, we've got a young woman who's been a part of one of our ministry teams who uh, has not even, uh, until a couple of weeks ago, had not even yet made a fully, fully committed herself to Jesus, right. you know. And so we really believe in, in bringing people into teams a lot of times before they're ready. If they want to serve uh, and, and be a part of a team, not leadership, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, for, for a non-Christian, but, but if somebody wants to be a part of our, our team, we want them to hear about Jesus and, and rub shoulders and develop relationships with Jesus. So this young woman's been a part of a team for about a year. And she would post from time to time on Facebook that she was an atheist and everybody would get, you know, all, all upset about it. Well, you know. And two weeks ago, she came to church. She was having a big crisis in her life. And she made a beeline for Chris. And she said, Chris, I need you to pray with me. And they took about 45 minutes during church and she received Jesus, committed her life to Jesus and completely, Mm -hmm. I I mean, just this incredible transformation. Mm -hmm. But it happened because she was in relationship with people Mm -hmm. who were mature Christian people who were discipling her. And in her life, discipleship looked like coming to the point of even receiving Jesus at Mm -hmm. all. That's that would have never happened if she wasn't a part of a ministry team. What, what a huge win for our team. Mm-hmm. And so we're mm-hmm. seeing that, that this being equipped by the experience mm-hmm. is, is driving the multiplication process, you know, and, uh, and, and it's just part of who we are. We, we believe in that the, the pattern that Jesus set for us really works. So uh, should we move on to A? Let's do it. All right. Two by two ministry is T. E is equipped by the experience. A is advanced to apostleship. And my name is there, so I know I'm not stepping Russ, out Russ, and it's highlighted in blue. Yes. <laughs> it is. Advanced to apostleship. So what, what happened uh, that, that we see here in this story in Mark is that Jesus would bring some of the disciples into a mentorship process to, to bring them to a point of becoming apostles. Now, you might not be clear in your mind about what the difference is between a disciple and apostle. Sometimes we use those words interchangeable, interchangeably, but really there is a big difference. Disciples were learners. They were people that were following Jesus, walking with Jesus. A lot of times they'd be deployed into ministry like we saw here in Mark. Uh, But later on, some of those disciples became apostles, and the apostles were the ones that began launching churches. They became church planters. And and the application for us is that lots of times we will see people in our ministry teams who just display great leadership gifts. They they obviously are are becoming leaders, and we see people rallying around them and following their lead and, and, and paying attention to them. And just like Jesus would advance the disciples into the role of apostleship, we want to see, uh, see team members become leaders in their own right. I was so excited this morning. It dawned on me as we were worshiping mm-hmm. on both of our campuses, our, our team lead for worship arts 
are, are out of town. Ryan's out of town in Bozeman. Scott's out of town. Mm-hmm. He's in, in Billings this weekend. And we've got team members leading worship on both campuses that aren't the team leads. That's a huge win. Yeah. That's a huge win. And that's really exciting to see that happen. And that's, that's what Jesus did. If you pay attention when you're reading the Gospels, you'll see Peter, James, and John spending way more time with Jesus than any of the other disciples. Because Jesus was mentoring them. And they became some of the most significant apostles in the church planting movement. And we see that happening in Connect as well, as leaders are emerging within the context of ministry teams. So that's the A part of the acronym. And then here's here's the M. We see in the life of Jesus that a missional movement was launched. A missional movement was launched because of teamwork. We see in the book of Acts, and I'm not going to read this to you, but uh, the, the book of Acts is so exciting to read. And if you pay attention, as the church expanded, and as churches were planted all over Asia, they were planted by teams of apostles. You see Paul and Barnabas going out as teams. Later on in the book of Acts, you see Barnabas picking up John Mark, and they went out and they began planting churches all over Asia. And it was always teams that were planted churches. And here at Connect, you've heard us talk about it a lot, that we, we want to plant more churches. We, we believe in church planting as being a very healthy thing for the expansion of the kingdom of Jesus. But one of the lessons we've learned the hard way is that planting churches with lone rangers can be problematic. So we're learning a lot of lessons, and one of the lessons that we are deeply committed to is in the future, when we plant churches, they're going to be team-based churches. We're going to send teams of people to plant churches in new locations, and not just lone rangers. And I'm not, I'm not saying that it's wrong for individuals to go out and plant churches. Uh, we, we've just learned the hard way that lone rangers can get lonely and they can get into trouble. Uh, they, they can have, they, it's just tough to do everything by yourself. Mm-hmm. And even the lone ranger wasn't alone. And so in the future, when we plant more churches, we want to do it with teams of people. And here's what we believe. Just like the previous weeks in this message series, we believe that teamwork really does fuel multiplication. We're seeing it right here on this campus. We're seeing it in the Bozeman campus, that when we work in teams, things begin to multiply. Leaders multiply. We see disciples growing and multiplying and leading more people to Jesus, like the story I shared just a couple of minutes ago. Lone rangers have the possibility of killing multiplication because lone rangers have a capacity. They put a lid on their own growth, but teams will fuel multiplication. And so uh, I, I hope you'll be one of those people today that'll say, man, I, I, I believe in team and, and I want to be a part of a team. And Bob's going to tell you how you can do that here. Right. As you can see, I'm wearing a jersey. And you would probably think that this is my most favorite team jersey, right? Well, if you do are thinking that, you would be wrong. Because my most favorite team jersey is Team Connect, right? Team Connect. And that's who we are. There you go. And I know, Russ, you have a couple other things that you wanted to talk well, about, right? Well, just, just, um, just real briefly to, to wrap up... Uh, 
One of our team leaders in Bozeman shared a story with me this week about a little girl who was so excited every Sunday to come to kids' church. And, uh, and there, was a, there was a man who was a Sunday school teacher, and, uh, and she loved coming to Sunday school to be in that man's lap. Every Sunday he would hug her, he would hold her on his lap, he'd read a story to her. And it was such a big deal to her because she didn't have a dad. And uh, this ministry leader shared uh, with me that, um, that that was really life-changing for that little girl. Totally changed her life because there was no dad in her life. And she ended the story by looking in my eyes and she said, Russ, that little girl was me. And she's now one of our ministry leaders on our Bozeman campus. And the reason she ministers is because she, her life was changed mm-hmm. by somebody who served as a volunteer. And, and I think the message to all of us is sometimes we can look at it and say, you know, I don't really have time or I don't feel like, like making coffee on a Sunday morning really is going to change anybody's life. Or I don't know that picking up a mop, mop bucket and cleaning the floors is going to change anybody's lives. But the reality is, we never know what's really mm-hmm. going to change anybody's life. And it's everybody doing a little bit together that makes what we do powerful. And, and somebody is going to have a life-changing experience because each one of us have done our parts to make this ministry effective in, in all of its multiplicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, that's good. Yeah. That's good. And we've talked as leaders, and, and a lot of times when, when we have services that are a little different like this one is, uh, a lot of times people feel guilty, mm-hmm. right? But th- that's not what we're talking about Mm-mm. today. We're, we, we have tried to share stories with you to inspire you in your walk with Jesus to maybe take that next step, right? It's not about guilt. It's not no. guilt, just love, right? I mean, that's one, yeah. of, the, one of the things. And so um, what I'd like to do now, do you have anything else? Nope, I'm We're kind of off script now. Yeah. Um, what I'd like to do now is just let you guys know of a couple things is that we have developed this catalog of, of ministries here at Connect. And there's going to be some leaders available after we're done and uh, pass them out to everybody. And it just kind of lists the different things, the, the, who the leaders are at the different ministries and just like a little brief description of if you were to be part of hospitality, what would that look like? Or if you wanted to be part of children's ministry, you know, what does that look like f- for you? So there's just a little little catalog of ministries. Uh, the other thing I want to make mention of is, is uh, along with outreach, is last week we had uh, Chad via satellite with the Mighty Oaks. And, and what a great service that Did was. Did you guys enjoy last Chad last week? week? Man, Chad was good. He was really good. And uh, the brochure that Chad was talking about, we do have available. And so it is back at the connection counter. But I just want to right now introduce some of the uh, ministry leaders. And uh, obviously, you know, Will and Melissa Garten. Raise your hand, Melissa. I see Melissa. Will's in the back. They are in charge of our missions outreach. Uh, Worship Arts is Ryan Johnson. But as you know, Ryan's not here today. He's on vacation for a couple weeks. So Christy is going to stand up for, for him today after we're done with our celebration song and stuff. So if you have any questions about being involved in worship arts, uh, direct those questions to Christy. And Christy, you know her. She's over there. Wave, Christy. Uh, greeters. We have a greeter ministry, and you probably know that because you get the link as you walk down and you see my lovely bride, Jean. Jean, where are you? Jean waves in the back. So if, if you have any questions about greeters, that's Jean. Hospitality is Jake and Alicia Mackey, and they're up front here. 
And they they have a donuts fan club. Wow, you guys are changing lives. I can tell. Donuts fan club, evidently. I didn't know about that. That's Uh, awesome. But if you have questions about hospitality, those are the people to ask. Uh, We have ushers that, and and Dennis Thompson. Dennis, where are you? Is Dennis? Oh, Dennis is right there. So Dennis kind of gets the ushers uh, available each week to to do different things, like if we have communion or like at the end, I'm going to do here in a minute to do the offering and, and connect cards. He He's in charge of that. Connection groups are Jared and Annie Brown. They're right there. Wave to the folks. And so if you have any questions for them about connection groups, either being involved or maybe uh, there's a couple areas. You can host a group uh, just in your home and have another leader facilitate that group, or you could facilitate it yourself or you just be a part of a group. So there's different ways to be involved in connection groups and they would be happy to answer any questions. And then we have kids, uh, Ashley and Zach Dorr. And I know Zach plays bass, and Ashley's in the back. So I already talked to Ashley. She, when she comes out here in a little bit after we're done, you can ask her about kids' ministry and being involved in that. And all this information, once again, is in the catalog. So make sure you grab one. And we have several leaders in the back, like I said, that have those uh, catalogs available. Can I mention Mark and Elena Brand? Yes, I was going to have you do that, actually. Um, That's perfect. I, I think many of you know Mark and Elena, and they have been cleaning this facility every week for a long period of time, and I know they're tired. And again, I don't want to put a guilt trip on anybody, no. but here's an opportunity to serve. If, if you're the kind of person that maybe likes to do stuff in the background where you're not getting a lot of attention, there's, there's people that just like to serve. This is a great opportunity that you could come alongside Mark and Elena and really help make a difference because nobody wants to walk into a facility that's stinky or the toilets are dirty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I know in Bozeman, we've got a crew of about 10 people that rotate and they work together, but it's not an every week thing. It's, right. it's a every other week or whatever they've got a schedule, but they come together as a team. I walked in on a Thursday night not long ago and our cleaning team was just about to start and the team leader had hauled a barbecue down to our facility and he was barbecuing burgers and dogs and they were having it was like a small group dinner right, right, for right. the cleaning crew it was and <laughs> they've awesome. really become close they're they're building each other up mm-hmm. they're encouraging each other and they're just ministering to the body and i know mark and elena would really appreciate somebody coming alongside and saying i can help you know maybe one sun one one weekday a month or mm-hmm. or two weekdays a month sure. or whatever and sure. and i'd really like to see mark and elena get a team around them there's a real need there yeah yeah that's really good and right before we close i know that i've seen a lot of connection cards over the last couple of months and people have marked on there and I, I appreciate you guys marking on there but it's like wherever i'm needed well today you get to choose where you're, where you're needed because uh, you know sometimes that's a little ambiguous and I've talked to some people and I've placed you in different places and that's great and I love the heart to say whatever I can do yeah. but I don't know everything you can do and I would just be kind of shooting in the dark to say well go here go there I, I let you know every place needs some help <laughs> so look at the catalog and decide for yourself boy I'd like to try this and remember Jesus let people make mistakes right yep so if if you try uh, hospitality and that just doesn't kind of work work out for you, that's fine. Then work in the kids. Or if you try the kids and that's maybe a little more than you thought it was going to be, great. Be a greeter. I mean, you know, you don't have to be locked into one thing like for the rest of your life, right? So if you try something, you might not. I mean, you might say, "Well, I don't know about kids, but I'll give her a shot." And then you love working with kids. You know, who's to know? Or or working in hospitality. Oh man, I love doing hospitality or cleaning or whatever. So 
Today's the day, and we're going to be promoting this for the next couple of weeks as well because we'll have these catalogs and I'll talk about it each week. But today's the day for everybody. If you feel you need to get involved, here's an opportunity. So just talk with the leader and, and get involved. So uh, let me go ahead and pray before we release everybody. Uh, let's bow. Father God, I thank you so much uh, just for your leading in our lives. And, and I thank you for Will and Vince and what they shared. They just shared their heart for ministry and their heart to be involved and, and really just to give back because you truly have blessed us with so many things in our lives, salvation being the very most important thing. And so I just say thank you, Jesus, for sacrificing yourself, for coming down here to live among us, to go to Calvary on the cross to die for my sins. And you were raised three days later by the Holy Spirit. You chose that death, you chose that sacrifice so that I could choose to be a follower of you and that I could choose life and and have an abundant life here on earth and then also in eternity. And so God, we're just taking a moment to say thank you. We just say thank you. And as we, we're taking this solemn moment to bow our heads and, and our hearts in the presence of Jesus, maybe for you, you've never accepted Jesus or maybe you did a long time ago and you've walked far, far away from, from that relationship. And today is your opportunity to, to walk back. And it just takes a simple act of repentance, of humble, humbleness, humbling our hearts and saying, Jesus, I need you. I need you. So regardless of what your past has been or even moments before walking into this building, it doesn't matter. Jesus is here right now and he wants to call you home. And so if that's you, I would just ask you as we're bowed in his presence just to raise a hand. I'd like to pray with you if that's you. If you'd like to pray this prayer of repentance. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for for working in our lives and and touching our hearts. And so I'm just going to pray this prayer over each one of us and And you pray this with me as I pray this prayer. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus. Lord, I I believe that he died on the cross, rose again for my sins. It's a personal thing. And so right now, I, I humble myself and I say, Jesus, just forgive me of my sins. I want to change my life and I want to be a follower. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. And so I commit my life to you right now. I admit I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. And Jesus, you're that Savior in my life. And so I commit my life to you. I say thank you. Change me from the inside out. Change my future steps according to your will as I chase after you with everything that I have. Thank you, Jesus, once again. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.